1: Welcome everybody to another episode of Pod Strickland. This is episode 155, and I'm your host Winnie Pooh. I'm joined today by my co-host for this New Year's Eve extravaganza, uh, Prez at Presidente on Twitter. Prez, what's going on?
2: Good, doing all right. I'm ready for 2022.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, is your liver ready for 2022? That's, that's the real question.
2: Uh, well, if I don't have to deal with these type of Nick shenanigans that we've been dealing with (laughs) of late, I think my liver has a startlingly healthy year ahead of it.
1: (laughs) Well, I got bad news for your liver, buddy. Um, I don't think the shenanigans are going anywhere, but before we discuss said shenanigans, uh, we are joined by a special guest today. You know him as at Frank Barrett on Twitter. His actual name in real life is Jeffrey Rasmussen. He is a World Series of poker connoisseur. Jeff, what's going on?
0: Uh, not much. Uh, I also uh, you know, do the clips sometimes on Strickland and yes. do some art- do some articles. Uh, I appreciate the poker shout out. Uh, it was that, that that was, you know, that's that's a smaller part of my life than it once once was. But um <laughs> And I, I mean the clips have been lately too, but I've been coming back from COVID, and you know if you're a listener out there, I apologize for kind of you know I've been kind of blowing it lately, but I I've been on the CL, and I'm 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 back, and the clips are going to be coming back soon as well.
2: See see we at the Strickland prioritize mental health with everything except for forcing everybody to always pay attention to the Knicks. <laughs>
1: yep uh I gotta say the Knicks are <sighs> I don't this team is just I it's actually not even confusing anymore I it'd be, it'd be it'd be nice if it was confusing it's not confusing it is not confusing the starters suck they've sucked all year we have tried Nerlens Noel in place of Mitch they still sucked we saw them without RJ Barrett they still sucked We saw them with Alec Burks in place of Kemba Walker. We've seen them with Derrick Rose in place of Kemba Walker. Guess what? They sucked. Um, We have tried basically every—and we tried today. We saw—we got a glimpse of the change many of us have been clamoring for. Oh, put Grimes in the starting lineup.
2: Let the record show, not Prez.
1: Yeah, well, nobody cares about Prez. But, you know, look— grimes came in and i don't care that he missed shots everybody misses shots the problem is the underlying issues of how they play and their lack of energy and their lack of cohesiveness and all of these things remained exactly the same and through this all there are two constants actually there are two constants there's a player constant which is julius fucking randall and then we have the coach who refuses to change anything Related to Julius Randall, which is Tom Thibodeau, and these two guys are like they're like fucking heroin addicts, like recovering heroin addicts who start dating and they just start fucking enabling each other, and they're both addicted on heroin again, and the heroin is just each other. It is just the it is that's what it is because Tibbs is he's addicted to you know beating his star player and molly coddling him and and building everything around him and all of this shit and julius is apparently addicted to doing stupid shit and not competing and not trying with any consistent effort i mean it is beyond ridiculous to have the performance he did on christmas where he just turned up like he didn't he didn't do anything amazing he didn't like I i mean he had a very nice stat line it was very it was very beautiful i enjoyed it um but he didn't, like, I wouldn't say, I didn't watch that game and think, like, wow, what a spectacular, amazing performance from him. But it was exactly what you wanted from him. From the first whistle, John he saw John, John Collins did not get into a rhythm. And he didn't get into a rhythm because Julius Randle got into him on defense. He made rotations. He cleared the glass. All of these things. Today, he looked like Sadiq Bey. Like it, it was like he saw Sadiq Bey and he's like, you know, I can't even really, this guy's below me. He's beneath me can't do this Tibbs apparent look in his post game. Tibbs said that Julius is nicked up um okay that has he been nicked up all year I don't fucking think so um, unless he has been which okay then why the fuck has he been playing I, I'm just really sick of look I've talked around it I've suggested other ways but like at some point your best player has to be your, your best player and it's and, not just
2: it's not even just making and missing the shots that's the worst part
1: no, yeah, it's, it's effort. It's, it's, it's not like, he's not competing. Like they did not comp And like, I don't know. I don't really know what to take out of that. Those starting lineups because I thought Kemba was really bad tonight too. I thought Kemba was really bad last night, but like, so, I mean, I guess what I struggle with though is like, okay, fine. Kemba was bad those two nights, but he was really good. What for the previous four games or whatever. So are we now saying that a lineup with Julius Randle, who is supposed to be your franchise player, or somebody, at least proverbially your franchise player, um, are, we, are we now suggesting that, like, if the point guard isn't playing well, then Julius can never pick up the slack and help carry it? Because that's what it is looking like. And it's like he he's, everything is beneath him. Everything is beneath him. Oh, this rotation. Oh, this, like Sadiq Bey. He played, like, 15 seconds of good defense on him. And then Sadiq makes one final move and Julius is like, oh, no, nah, sorry. I can't, I can't make that. I,
2: anyone sorry. anyone who's played pickup basketball should recognize the unique combination of both fear and condescension that you're seeing from Julius Randle. Because you're right. It is, it is a large part of like, you know, like, oh, like, why is this player going off? Like, this is bullshit. Or like, oh my God, like our team played 23 seconds of good defense and someone else made a mistake and now i'm gonna like like hang my head on my knees or whatever like
1: he's acting like the weight of the like it's like dude you're not sisyphus okay you're not fucking spending your lifetime rolling a fucking boulder up a fucking hill he's scared he's He's scared that's what it comes comes down to
2: he's He's scared scared. yeah he's he's 100% scared i'm let me tell let me go let me just say something real quick like we saw it earlier in the season with like the fourth quarter free throws before he really got in a rut where we were Chicago game. It was multiple games. He's shooting like sixty percent from the free throw in the fourth quarter or something crazy like that. And like you see it you see it with the jump shots where he passes up jump shots. You see it when he's in the middle of the zone and he's like, Oh, I don't wanna I don't know if I should attack or pass or what you see it when he's tentative dribbling up the court and other teams are recognizing that they could try to like blitz him and steal the ball from him. Yeah, they do have Kemba now too. It's very sad to watch. And he's he's well, at least Kemba has an excuse, right? He's like six feet tall, and like he, and he's he tries. Old, like right, right. Know. Julius, like you, you, you can see over the defense, bro. And if you put the ball in your arms like a fullback, no one's gonna get it. So, <laughs> wow, f- football reference from Prez. My bag is about That's... as deep as like a gift bag that holds a pair of earrings. As far as football uh, terminology goes, like, this is like goes.
1: your sixth or seventh football reference this season, man. I don't know. It's it's an ever expanding bag.
2: This is what happens when I uh, spend a year podcasting with you, I guess. It's just inevitable. <laughs> but like back to what I was saying, and like and then you see it you see it on offense. He's he prefers to try to go to like a thousand pezzies and fakes instead of just <laughs> going by Sadiq Bay and Jaden McDaniels. And that's what I do when I'm faced with a really good, bigger or not bigger, a really good defender. I'm like, man, like this guy's better than me. I gotta resort to trickery out here. So like you I just
1: do- pass it. That's
2: easy. Well, I wish Julius would just do that sometimes. But like, I I seriously think right now he's he's in his own head in a really bad way, and he's just kind of afraid of stepping up. And maybe this is taking it a bit too far, but that's probably also why he took twenty eight million. If we're being completely honest, because he's not one hundred percent confident in his abilities. That being said, it's still crazy to me. Like, I went to the I went on YouTube before the game and was looking at some of his explosions from last year, where he was. It's a different
1: guy. It, the, the the
2: there's no fear and well, you like, just,
1: even the Hawks game even the Hawks game because he took like he took bad like a few bad quote unquote bad shots right like the baseline fade and this. but he just when he went he just did it like there was no like right. I don't even like, mind. He was, and, like sizing the guy up for 10 seconds exactly like, yeah, he he just did it and like he's not just doing anything any, right now it's like everything is like this whole like fucking like he's like you know he has to do a full fucking equation before he does something it's I want to just fucking punch him in the face. Like, I literally <laughs> wanted to punch him in the face tonight, uh, especially in the third quarter. Uh, like, and and here's the thing is, yeah, you can sit there and say, well, RJ did some stupid shit, and Mitch shouldn't have tipped balls that were on the fucking rim, and, you know, Kemba has to tr- get the ball up the floor faster, and he has to actually do something with the ball. And, yeah, you can make all these fucking excuses, but these guys, like, these guys feed off like you feed off of the energy of your best player to a certain extent and like not not necessarily every night not necessarily every night but like 75 80 percent of your nights you need your best guy he doesn't need to necessarily be your best player all those nights but he's got to show up and he's got to be there he's got to have the same energy he's got to have the requisite give a fuck right like you have to give enough fucks and like there have just been like other than the national tv games this year how many games have you watched him and been like Julius
2: gives a fuck tonight
1: like I can probably count them on my fucking hand and how you know? like, those
2: national TV games are like honestly the Hawks game was great but also like that was luck like John Con- like John Collins is not challenging him off the dribble John Collins is not a good defender to put it lightly on at the perimeter
1: I think I think when and we got an early Collins, lead I-, I think when he when he sees John it's like you know how there's, like, you guys, I mean, you're a baseball guy, so, you know, so like, certain hitters just hit better in certain parts. And I know it's right. not it's not always because, like, you know, yes, obviously the dimensions and all these kind of things matter, but sometimes it's just, you're like, comfortable. Yeah, you're comfortable. And, like, yeah. I really see, like, he sees John Collins and he's, like, Julius is, like, he's instantly, like, oh, yeah, okay, cool, comfortable. Like, he sees Capella and he's, like, oh, oh my God, what am I going to do? But, like, John Collins, that's smooth, that's easy, like, for him, he's just, like, that's like an ATM for him, you know. He just puts in the pin, gets his cash, walks out. Like, like he, that's an easy one for him. But like, other guys, like I mean, Jaden McDaniels is a nice young defender. Like you're, like he he got blocked three times because this motherfucker wouldn't use a basic ass pump fake. Like
2: he scored a zillion points on Jaden McDaniels the season before.
1: Yeah, and it's like, dude, you're. I mean, look, we're all Knicks fans. I've seen that, like. does he need to see the charles smith clip does he need to see what a pump fake could do for you because like it could do a lot of things and he's just making everything even today he had an iso um on diallo in the third quarter he had an iso around the elbow and mitch this is like i i've i criticize Mitch all the time for lack of spatial awareness getting underneath the hoop and blocking driving lanes Mitch was fine. He was in the dunker spot on the opposite side of the floor, and everybody else was spaced out beyond the three. He had a clear drive to his left, to his strong hand, to the rim. Did he take it? No. He didn't take it. He ended up taking some bullshit step-back mini, which, of course, he missed. And, like, like, there's just no, there's no logic to what he's doing. There's no consistency to it. And like you said, he's in his own head. Um, Jeff, I asked you this a couple of days ago uh, because you— we're a poker player uh i'm gonna ask you this again like do you think he like because i just now i just can't get this out of my head maybe because i saw rounders last week for the first time in a while um but like do do you think he's just playing like he's on tilt right now
2: what does Uh, that mean i
0: guess guess, oh Jeff,
1: jeff can explain it to you uh
0: it's basically just like when you're frustrated or something has you off kilter mm. and you're basically just like not mentally in it and i before i answer or before i answer the question i have to throw it back to you what do you think exactly is tilting him in this case like what like why in your opinion because i i feel like you feel very strongly about this so I, i'm gonna let you uh say what you're thinking regard regarding like, what do you think is tilting him? What Mentally, what do you think is affecting him? Uh,
1: I think last year, look, it was a, it was a, like, I don't, I don't like, I don't chalk up, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and chalk up everything that happened because it was like, oh, well, it was empty stadiums and blah. I don't think it's that, but no. I do think there's something about like the conditions of last year where you couldn't do anything. Like you couldn't do anything. All you could do was play ball, be with your team, go home. That was it. You couldn't do shit else. And when you're on the road, you couldn't even get in the gym half the time, right? Because of how strict it was to get into gyms and, and work out, all the shit. Um, so I think it led to a very, like, monastic kind of lifestyle, right? Like, And that suited Julius. It suited the team very well. Uh, I think it got them in a good space. There was also less talent. So there was no balancing of, like, there's no, oh, I need to help... Like, oh Kemba like there's like it wasn't like he had looked to the side and he's like oh Kemba Walker's there he looked at the side and he was like Alfred Baines here like nah, I'm definitely this is my shot uh and there was no hesitation because there didn't need to be because why yeah. would there be there's think, nobody I... there to take him off tilt I think that's part of it I and mean, then I think the other part of it is he had this awesome year okay he wins all NBA he's an all-star he deservedly wins most approved player um he was great you know he was second team all NBA he was he was fantastic he deserved All of those accolades he got last year, he totally deserved them. So I don't want to underplay that at all. Um, He signed his, you know, extension. He got, you know, they they made a big deal about it, right? It was like, oh, like, look, we're changing our culture. Julius wants to be here. And, you know, it was, you know, a, a source. Somebody told Ian Begley that Julius wanted to, you know, help the front office maintain flexibility, which, like, Sure, dude. Just whatever. Um, you took the and and that's fine. I don't care. Like he took he took the money on offer. That's good. I think I think he deserved it. I still don't really have a problem with that contract. But I think he comes back into the season and he's done all of these things and he's got his contract. And I don't think it's that he doesn't care anymore. I don't think it's that he doesn't want to win. I don't think it's any of that shit. I think he's complacent. I think he's he feels like, Well, I did all of this stuff, so now all of this is just supposed to like it, like it's just supposed to happen again. Like I, I it's we're just supposed to be good. And we're just supposed to be better than these bad teams. And Sadiq Bey isn't supposed to even like like he's not even supposed to be trying right now because I'm Julius Randle. Like and it's like no dude like you have to fucking play like that shit all the time. You have to play with that fucking like like I remember watching that game last year in Dallas, right? Where they're they're in Dallas and uh, you know the Knicks had their like black city jerseys on, and Julius had just gotten his his braids redone, and he is out there like he looked like a motherfucking shark. Like he was just out there hunting everybody on the court. He made every single person on their team his personal bitch, and he absolutely just owned that game. Like he just absolutely was on the floor with Luka Doncic, was on the floor with Kristaps Brzingis, and he was the best player on the floor, and it wasn't fucking close. And whatever edge, whatever mental space he was in to have games like that and feel like that and, and be that way, and it wasn't just about hitting shots. You know, like how many times did we watch him on defense last year and we're like, like oh my god! Like on switches, like like our, he might be our best perimeter defender. Like legit, I I said that so many times because I it was true. Like in isolation last year, this guy you would switch him on to some guys on the perimeter and he would just lock them down. I mean in the playoffs, as bad as yeah. he played, he had a few stretches on Trey where he just destroyed. Like Trey couldn't do anything on him. He was and, our best
0: defender against Trey yeah. in the playoffs, yeah. almost for sure. And,
1: and so whatever he did to get to the that place and be that guy last year. He has let go of that rope, and it's hard to get that edge back sometimes. And it's hard to get your mind and get everything back to like it's like, again. Yeah, you did all of that shit, and that's cool, and that's awesome, and you deserve the praise. But like, you don't. It's it's not like an accumulative thing, right? It's not like okay, well, now you did this, so you start from here always now. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. Yeah, you did this shit. A new season, you start from fucking zero. That's how it works. Like Kobe wasn't Kobe because he had an awesome three years to start his career, and then that like and then like five years later, he won another two championships, right No, it was like Kobe was Kobe because he was, he was awesome at the start of his career, and he kept being awesome, even when the team around him was bullshit. even during that time, he, he brought it every single night, and it's not just Kobe. This is like all the best players in the NBA, right? Like no matter what is around them. They give you a certain baseline of performance every single night, every single season. They they bring a certain level, and it takes a, a, a lot, amount of dedication. I mean, you can look at James Harden this year. James Harden, I don't, I by the way, this, these two games he's had, which are amazing against the Lakers and Clippers, Clipper skeleton squad. Um, I'm I don't think he's proverbially back, but he's definitely like he started off the season shit. He was not in shape. He's gotten better as the season's gone along, right? Like that's how it works. He's had to work to that. He's had to work to that point, but he did, he has put in that work. And with him, I don't really think it was a mental thing of like, I don't like, he's always been able to do it. But Julius, it seems like he's really got to get to a place where he feels a certain way about himself. And maybe that's hard. I don't know. Like, maybe it's hard for him. Maybe he's not as naturally confident as he. I I think he likes to portray himself as like a very confident guy, but I I think he's probably not. I'm glad glad
2: you brought that up because, like, I mean, all NBA guys are confident to a certain degree, but like, even guys like KD have like their own massive like insecurities or whatever. And Julius, you know, people react differently to different types of to different types of engagement from the folks in authority above them. We're on your team, right? Like, this is true of, an, of any workplace. Like, some people need to be pushed hard. Some people need to be encouraged a lot more than they are pushed. And, you know, some people, it's a middle ground. And, and Tibbs, you know, rightfully, because of everything you said that he did last year, has been, has given Julius the longest rope. And I'm sure he's, you know, called, like, I'm sure when they go over the film, he's not, he's not Tibbs silent on Julius. I'm sure he's pointing out all this stuff. And, you know, Julius and Tibbs consistently say the right things after these losses or these ugly games or whatever. But like we've all been saying, it accountability has to be a little bit more than just words. It has to be how you engage with a person in terms of actions. And, you know, I, I'm glad he... I'm glad Tibbs decided to stay with the bench during this game in the fourth quarter. Um, I hope he doesn't limit that sort of accountability to just one game versus the the motor city piston squad or whatever um because some people need to be pushed right like look we we saw that from kemba to some extent like yes they changed how kemba was used but also kemba himself was like no like i I needed to be a little more aggressive and the unspoken thing was like yo if you're not aggressive there's other guys we can play and 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 and, and we saw today unless he's aggressive he's not good like, right. That's fundamentally right. what it is. Right. And this is how Tibbs has always loved his guards. This is cons- completely consistent with Tibbs, the coach, for a zillion years. He's like, if you're not an aggressive guard, I'm going to punt you to the moon. So, but for a big, <laughs> and <Frank>. uh, exactly. <laughs> but for a big, <laughs> shout out to Nate Robinson. For a big, who's a, uh, you know, like, it, or a big or a winger, however you want to qualify Julius, it's not like Julius is going to have the ball and he's going to do like fake aggressive things no matter what. So, I can't. The measure can't be like, is Julius putting up the shots or taking the dribbles? It has to be different than that. It has to be about the quality and the quickness of the decisions and stuff like that. And the whole thing with Tibbs, if I'm Tibbs is like, look, I'm going to take you out, not for the whole game, but I'm going to take you out for more minutes. And I need to have players out here who are going to ping the ball, who are going to shoot quickly, who are going to play with force and who are going to execute. And that's, we'll see how how julius responds to that you know you can kind of tell from how he talks about kobe that like i, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually responds a while well to that because you know kobe's not giving him a long rope back in the day right like it's kobe he's probably like bitch if you don't fucking <laughs> you know what i mean like if you don't box I still, out <laughs> i still remember there was this interview like this is like very early in Julius. it's probably
1: in preseason because julius barely played his rookie season right um and they interviewed, they asked him something about Julius, about, like, you know, uh, like, what are you telling him? And or, what do you tell him? Because, like, you know, he's supposed to, like, take these, like, these young guys supposed to take the torch, you know? And he's like, uh, I told him, like, you better not fuck this up. Like, <laughs> that's, like, I'm like, that that's, like, exactly what it would be, right? It's like, motherfucker, you want advice? Yeah. Stand in the motherfucking corner when I pass to you, hit that shot. Shoot that shit. Also play defense, because I'm definitely not going to. But like Kobe could do that right like like this and it's like you, you know you watch the it, it's more
2: it's more akin to not how the Kobes or the LeBron's of the world operate but it's more the guys who are like the second or third guns like the Chris Boshes of the world yeah. like you you have to it, it, it's not a like they're not going to mentally resolve themselves like for all their talent dudes like Chris Bosh you had to get them to buy into certain things to really get it popping in a specific role that can be difficult and stuff like that. But anyway, I know this was all like an eight minute tangent to, to Jeff's initial question of why Julius is on tilt. So let me toss it back to uh, Jeff after all of our uh, armchair therapy speculation here.
0: Well, it's, it's definitely something meant it has to be something mental. I thought something Wally said tonight was very telling. Um, He said that Julius tonight Matched his season total from last year in total dunks, which to me, despite the starter struggles, despite the team struggles, tells me very strongly that the number one goal that they were going for headed into the season, which was to alleviate the pressure on Julius, is working. Like in theory, he's getting easier looks. And oh, that yeah. was that twice was... as many shots
2: at the rim, twice that as many price. dunks.
0: And that was vital because everybody was so confident that the shooting last year, whether it was super fake or just a little fake, was gonna come back to earth. And so, like you know, like nobody's gonna go back and listen. But when me, Stacey, and Schwinn did the Eastern Conference preview, our over/under preview, and we talked about the Knicks for a little bit, we discussed his his shooting regression, and we basically all agreed that even though he would never shoot like he did last year because everything he did last year was difficult, even though he would never shoot like that ever again in his life, that could be made up for by just getting him easier looks. And I feel like we've done that. And he has a career, or not career, um, every season except for his first full season, this is his second lowest true shooting percentage season of his career. That's insane. Is he below 50 now? No, it's 52 after this game it will be below 52 um so it's like 51 51 and a half or something like that um and last year was like 59 or something and his three-point rate is up like he he's shooting he's shooting more at the rim it has to be mental and i think the first thing that you said when where you talked about his indecisiveness and uncertainty regarding his role And you said last year it was easier because he was just like, well, Alfred Payton's there. So there's only one thing I can do. I just have to, I have to put it all on my back. And I think going into this year with expectations, with teammates who are supposed to help him, he all of a sudden doesn't really know what to do in every spot because he's like, well, it's not just me. And it's not just me carrying an awful team. It's I have to make everyone better. And when Prez was just talking about, well, you know, it's not even about, you know, LeBron and Kobe, I think that was so on point because I think the biggest concern with Julius, or excuse me, uh, not uh, when you said it's not about LeBron and Kobe, it's about a guy like Bosh, I think the biggest concern with Julius has always been that I, I don't see him as a Bosh. And I, I have been concerned since... The midway point of last year when we talked about, okay, like, this is a guy we want going forward, but we need to get another guy for him to play with. I mean, I've been talking to people about, are we sure he can be a number two? Because he's done nothing to prove that he can be, you know, a Robin. Like, and, and I feel like that's the eternal purgatory you live in with Randall. Because he's either optimized as a super Batman where everything is catered to him, like last year, or he's just not a very good secondary option because he's unsure of himself and he just clearly does not thrive in that role.